Hey, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having an awesome day. Before we get to the show, I want to shout out the entire state of Vermont. Why, you ask, am I talking about Vermont? Because not one person in the entire state of Vermont has listened to one episode of The Hair Game. Every other state in the U.S. has several hundred and many thousands of downloads. Even Wyoming has several hundred downloads. Thank you so much, Wyoming. But not one person in Vermont. Kind of makes me think, actually, that there's something wrong with the data. Or maybe they're just not into podcasts, or maybe they're not into hair. Anyway, I thought that that was really interesting. This episode is the recording of the panel I did to open the Modern Salon, the first Modern Salon Digital Summit in LA last week. I got Rihanna Capri and Nikki Lee from 901 Salon, Ali Fister, the founder of the Bellari Marketing Agency, and Jamie Dana, a friend of mine and former guest on the podcast. That would be episode 16. I went back and looked. Jamie Dana, I interviewed her on episode 16, and she talked all about Instagram. Still a very popular episode, by the way. This panel conversation is all about branding yourself and carrying that brand through your digital content to improve your business as a hairdresser. So our moderator is Eric Taylor. He's the founder and CEO of Salon Republic. Come on up here, guys. And this panel is going to be amazing because they ha- he has the most incredible guests, um, Nikki, um, Nikki Lee and Rihanna Capri of 901 Salon. And if you like what you see here, we spent the day at their salon yesterday, and they're just crushing it on social, crushing it with personal branding. Um, and then we also have top stylist Jamie Dana and Allie Fister from Bolare. Come on up here, guys. Thank you. Am I on? You're on. Now I'm on. Thank you, everyone, for having us. Can I have yeah, of course. Rihanna, you're sitting here. Sorry. Nikki next to Rihanna. Jamie, and then Allie. Awesome. So I had some... I had some... You good? <laughs> I know, they're a little slippery. So if anybody falls, just understand how slippery they are. So Steve took care of some of my to-do list items, one of which was for everyone to introduce themselves to each other. However, I'm going to take it one step further, and this is going to be your first Instagram technical education for the next couple days. Whip out your Instagrams, and we're going to use the the name tag feature. How many people know what the name tag feature is? Almost nobody. That's why we're going to learn it right now. So click on your little picture in the lower part of the screen, lower right part of the screen. And then on the upper part of the screen, there's going to be three horizontal lines. Click on those three horizontal lines. And then on the menu, you're going to see name tag. Do you see it? Click on name tag. So you can show this to anyone that you're meeting in real life, all day today, now, tonight at the party, whenever. You can scan somebody else's name tag by looking at the bottom of your screen. It says, scan a name tag, okay? And that's how you get to know each other digitally, right? 
You're going to meet a lot of people today in real life, which is the priority. But to extend those relationships, you can get to know them digitally. Okay? You want me to go over it again? Okay. Sorry, I went too fast. All right, so just bring up your Instagram account. Okay? On the lower part of the screen, on the right side, there's a circle with your picture in it or your logo. Okay, click on that circle, and then you're gonna see on the top of the screen, you're gonna see three horizontal lines. The top right, you see those three horizontal lines? Yep, on the, on the top right part of the screen, and you should see a menu with five things on it. Yep, halfway down, it's name tag. Try it with the people next to you or behind you or in front of you right now to see if it works. Scan, 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 and follow. Don't be afraid to follow people, people. Too many people are afraid of following other people these days. Okay. Yeah, right. We'll just follow each other on Instagram for the next 50 minutes. It was the best panel of the week. Okay. So I'll introduce myself first, and then I'm going to introduce our panelists. I'm Eric Taylor. I started Salon Republic 18 years ago. We have 15 locations now. Thank you. We have a couple Salon Republic people in the crowd, which is really cool. Especially, we have Mary, who does nails, and our Denver location is in town, which is super cool. I always feel guilty because I don't get to that location enough. Um, 1,200 hairdressers, 15 locations, and uh, we started The Hair Game about a year ago. The Hair Game is a podcast that essentially tries to educate about you know, everything related to our beauty industry. We try to inspire people. We try to inform people on things that you know, we feel that the, the community should know about. And of course, now and then, we're lucky if we can also entertain you. How many people listen to podcasts? A lot of people. That's awesome. Podcasts have become pretty popular ever since we started the hair game. Just kidding. Last maybe three years, podcasts have become uh, very popular. I'm a podcast addict. And it, they're great because you could do it while you're walking the dog or while you're driving the car and just I'm a total addict. So we've done about 60 episodes. In fact, I think this might be our 60th episode right here. We're recording right now. So that's very exciting. We interview a lot of people, all the people that you care about. We do things that can benefit you in the salon. We did a, uh, an a, uh, episode about meditation and how that can hopefully allow you to get through the day when your clients are dumping their emotional baggage on you all day. You know, maybe meditation can help you. We do things like that. So it's been a very, very exciting part of what we do at Salon Republic. So check that out, please. This next couple days is all about connection. So I'm happy that we already took care of that impersonal connection. For the next two, three days, break out of your comfort zone, introduce yourself to people that you've never met before, and then carry that connection through digitally. Okay, it's very, very important. All right, one more thing before we get to the panel. There's a microphone over here, which is pointing towards the ground, but anyone who has a question about what we're talking about, 
We're going to be talking about personal branding in general. So anybody has a question about it, um, walk over here. You can walk along the side of the room over here. Stand right over there, and hopefully I see you, and I can call on you, and you can ask your question, and the panelists can answer that question. Okay? Let's get started. First up, Rihanna Capri. Rihanna is co-founder of 901 Salon. I think we already said that. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Oh, more about myself? There you go. Is this thing on? Yeah. Do I need to go? Okay. Hi. 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 Um, doesn't matter how many times you do this, you're so fucking nervous. Here I am. <laughs> I'm glad she cursed first, by the way. Now, now you can't blame me when I curse. Um, talk about myself. I don't like doing that. You're supposed to do that for me. Oh, come on. Um, well, this is my best friend and my business partner, Nikki Lee. Okay. She's actually really good about talking about what we do. Um, yes, uh, 901 Salon. We have now been in business for nine years, which is pretty crazy. Um, we also, gosh, beauty coach. We've done a beauty coach tour, a beauty coach blog, BCTV. How many of you guys have checked out BCTV? Anyone? Raise your hand. Oh, cool. Oh, yay! Yeah. Online education for everybody. A few of you guys out there have been on, so yes, thank you. Yes, you guys have been on, so thank you. Um, raindrops, the shower filter that we created to keep all those blondes nice and blonde and not dingy and dull. And our most latest. Latest and greatest. Latest and greatest. In Common Beauty. In Common Coming Beauty. Coming your way. Yes. Product line. Yeah. And tell us what In Common Beauty is. So In Common Beauty is an inclusive luxury treatment line that we're super pumped for all of you to try out. and hopefully get in your salons and yeah we're very very proud of this we've been working very hard on it so can't wait for you guys to experience the magic yes. it's all about cool. healthy hair so that's pretty much the whole gist of it all is creating anything and everything that we can possibly do to create healthy hair for yourself of course and your clients so masks leave-in conditioners shine the whole nine right now we're not really focusing on hairsprays or pomades, it's not about that. Right now it's just focusing on the basics, which is healthy hair. If you don't have healthy hair, then your hair is not beautiful. That simple. Awesome. Cool. cool. Okay, Jamie Dana. Yeah. Um, so I'm Jamie Dana. Um, <laughs> you guys are seriously so sweet. Um, so I've been doing hair for about nine years, been in the industry, and I've done pretty much everything in the industry besides owning a huge salon. Um, I've done assisting, receptionist, commission, rental, salon suite, and now I own a little bit bigger of a salon. Um, so that's been really cool. But I have just loved this industry and um, I have decided to actually go more into education. So about a year ago, um, or actually a little bit longer ago, like three years ago, I decided to go into education and uh, really start to see that there wasn't a lot of business education out there in the industry. Um, at the time, everybody was becoming an independent educator and there were so many people teaching balayage or braids or whatnot. And I love balayage, but I didn't necessarily feel called to teach that. And so I knew that I wanted to go into some sort of education, but I also didn't want to go from salon to salon to salon teaching. And so um, I decided to actually create an online program um, an online course called Oh Hot Graham, and it teaches hairstylists how to use Instagram to actually grow their business. Awesome. So yeah, it's really cool. Um, and I just earlier this year, um, I you know was working in the salon, and I actually decided to 
give up my clientele, so that's what's been going on lately, um, but I've given up my clientele. It was one of the hardest decisions that I could have made as a stylist, because you guys know we work so hard to build up our clientele, um, to give that up, but I felt that there was a bigger and different calling for me, and so now I am currently full-time in education and uh, am able to devote my time and energy into my students that are in my program and to be able to come and do things like this and to really help more hairstylists grow their businesses. So that's what I've been up to lately. That's and cool. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Allie Fisher, yeah. you are the founder of the Bolare Marketing Agency. Tell us about that. I am. So um, I was actually on the early team of women's online retailer Shopbop. And uh, it was right when the business was getting started. And it was kind of the new thing to how to market an online uh, store. And so a large part of what we did was setting up adjacencies. And one of those early on for us was setting up an adjacency with Sephora. And that's really how I got my start into the beauty industry. Shopbop ends up selling to Amazon. And in that transition, I started Valari with my former employers, my first client. And over the past 13 years, I've gotten a lot of gray hair from doing this, but had the pleasure of working, doing marketing and publicity campaigns with some of the best in the beauty business, including NYX Cosmetics, Kevin Aquan, GHD, Baxter of California. So thanks for having me this morning. Of course. Yeah, thank you for being here. So this conversation, the basis of it is personal branding. With social media uh, proliferating through all of our attention, it's become more and more important for each of us to consider ourselves a little bit like a brand, okay? Hence, personal branding, okay? So all of these people up here are here because they know a lot about that and they've done a great job at it. I'm not sure if they were conscious of of creating the personal brand, but, but they did it really well, regardless. So why don't we start with Rihanna. Um, tell us what your personal brand is. Tell us how it's developed over time, consciously or subconsciously. Um, and then uh, tell us what advice that you have for people who are just beginning to consider themselves like a brand. Okay, so when you say personal brand, Rihanna, free. Yep. Got it. That's totally different than the rest. Um, how do I say, I think ultimately, no worries, I, just, I think that might be my phone actually. Um, so personal branding, I think when it comes down to it, is to be yourself. And I know that sounds so cheesy or like, of course, but I think for Instagram, especially for hairstylists, what we're doing is putting out a page of our portfolio of everything that we do and love, right? So if it's all <clears throat> beachy balayage, great. If you're not really good at short pixies, then you shouldn't be posting that. You know, whatever you post is what you're going to bring in. And it's kind of the same thing when you're talking about personal branding. So for me, I like to hang out with people that are funny. So maybe I try to be funny and attract more people that are funny and then my clientele is funny and then we laugh all day long. No, not really, but kind of. Um, but seriously, like literally putting out what you want to attract in. Like, you know, we, we talk about this with our, our stylists. Like, if you want to post that you're at the club every single night, well, okay, that's going to de-attract some people that don't want to do that. But there might be some people that actually love to go to the club too with you, and that could be your clientele as well. So it's not about like, should you not or should you do either or, just be you, and whatever you put out there is what's going to bring back in, right? Sure. 
and maybe be conscious of, uh, if you're not attracting the types of people that you want, consider what personal brand you happen to be putting out there. Absolutely. And then try to link those two things together, right? Absolutely. And say, hmm, maybe I shouldn't post myself drunk and high all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nikki Lee, how yeah. do you see it? So for me, I guess it's, you know, Instagram's put so much pressure on all of us, right? And I think for me, I was like over it for a while and I just kind of stopped posting and then I realized like, wait, maybe I'm not posting the right thing. So also knowing who your audience is and I realized like, they do want to see me. Like when I post a picture of me, they actually really like it. Whereas some of my hair pics, they're like, like I'll get good likes but they really kind of want to know like what's going on with me so for me that was like I don't really like to share my personal life however you know just going through you know my infertility struggle with my daughter and being able to share that I was like finally able to use my platform to help people so I guess for me it's like how do people feel when they leave your page are they feeling shitty like that sucks right so I always want people to feel good when they leave my page whether they're inspired by something I'm doing or something I may be going through. So that's kind of how I've built up my own personal brand. And it's just a combination of my work life, my family life, and yeah, that's your, it. And your daughter. And my daughter who's <laughs> got reposted on Allure today. I'm like, okay, Parker, I don't even get reposted on Allure. <laughs> your daughter got reposted yes. on Allure? Yeah. Her Halloween costume. Yeah. Oh my oh god, my that's god. amazing. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> okay, Jamie Dana. So one of the things that I really dive deep into when I first started like Instagram for like a professional page, because we all have Instagram, right? But none of us were really using it professionally. And so I decided to open up a hair page, I don't know, gosh, like six years ago, five years ago. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I always wanted to do on my hair page was not just show photos of my hair work, kind of like mm -hmm. what you were saying. Like I didn't want it just to be this like online portfolio. Now some people have done that and I think that's great, but one thing that I have really established from my brand from the early days was showing myself, showing my face, showing what I'm doing, showing my husband, um, showing part of our life, and really curating something that worked with my online presence of my hair stuff but also fit into who I was at the same time and almost kind of curating like a magazine of my life and I started using the term like hair blogger and started to kind of spread that a little bit and I think that it's been really fun and I think that's one of the things that has helped me stand out from a lot of other people was the fact that I did show a lot more of just who I was and I wasn't afraid to post photos of myself because I think so many times we're either afraid to post photos of ourselves because we're vulnerable or we're scared to show our face or we feel vain right like it might feel weird to post a photo of yourself because you're like I'm not really that vain but <laughs> it's good your audience wants to get to know you like you were just saying and your audience actually wants to make an emotional connection point so one of the things that I realized was have you guys ever walked by like a store but you can't see inside of it Nobody wants to walk into a store like that. You want to be able to see inside of it. And so I realized when I was either building my clientele and now further as I've gone into building my educational platform was people actually want to get to know me. And some of the favorite people that I follow on Instagram, 
they post themselves a lot. They talk on their stories. They're showing up on their platform. And it's really cool because it's allowed me to be like, OK, this is who I am. And being able to share more vulnerable parts of my life and to really create those emotional connecting points. So my encouragement to you is show up more on your page. Don't just show hair photos. Um, show parts of your life. Um, and yeah, you should have it be curated, and it should fit in, and it should make sense. right? You shouldn't just post like a MySpace selfie next to your like, gorgeous hair work. right? Um, but at the same time, your audience and your potential clients or potential, um, you know, maybe students want to get to know you. And so that's been one of the things that's really helped me kind of establish, I guess, my personal brand was not being afraid to be on my page. <laughs> Don't be afraid to be personal. Yeah, exactly. Those are all amazing points. It, it kind of leads me down the, the line of thinking that people are going to brand you whether you're trying to brand yourself or not, they're going to have a certain perception of you according to what you put out there, right? So if you think about that um, a little proactively, then you can have a little bit better control over what you are putting out there and how people do see you. You know, maybe the only time when a camera is out is when you are drunk and high all the time, right? And, and, but you're not consciously thinking that that's how you're branding yourself, right? So according, uh, along the lines of what Jamie just said, sometimes you may have to get into that uncomfortable space where, uh, yeah, you do have to turn the camera on yourself. You do have to be very thoughtful maybe about uh, putting on the right outfit and having somebody take your picture to get that accurate impression of yourself out there. And it feels maybe a little inauthentic, but I would argue that you're just taking your authenticity and you're properly putting it out there for everyone to see. What, what do you think, Allie? I think if you think about any great brand is how you should think about your own business. That great brand starts out because they're really definitive around who they want to sell to or work with, just like Rihanna said. So I think the first part is defining who is the audience that you want to attract. And then I would be really thoughtful with the types of words, hashtags, images, filters, et cetera, that repetitively speak to that audience. Because you're in your feed all day, every day, and really enmeshed in it, but the average person's probably seen somewhere between one in three and one in 10 posts that you post. So making sure that that consistency is there, I think, is really king. And then the other part, I think, that you said really nicely is to define what type of customer, what type of client that you want. Do you want to have that interpersonal relationship? Do you want it to be a little bit more austere? And then, again, that same type of repetition around that, I think, really starts to breed that type of clientele, that type of followership. If you think about any great brand, if you think of Nix versus Kevin Aquan, I bet you think a totally different instantaneous thing. And it's because that brand's really purposeful around, okay, this is who our girl is, this is who our guy is, we're going to speak to them repetitively. And that is through the video, that's through written word, that's through imagery, etc. So repetition and defining who you want your audience to be. Absolutely. And that repetition might seem a little inauthentic at first. <laughs> But if you think about it in the right ways, you guys have careers. It doesn't matter what kind of salon you work in, marketing yourself as a hairdresser is extremely, extremely important. Does anybody feel like they want to raise their hand and ask a question because maybe they feel uncomfortable with thinking about themselves as a brand? Be brave. Nobody is brave. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> oh, they have Oh, we have one? Okay. 
Mr. Jamie, when you're looking at the balance between how much of your work you show versus how much of your life, is there a specific balance you vote for? Yeah, so I think obviously kind of what she was saying, like it depends on your audience um, and it depends who you are trying to attract. So for me, I am trying to attract more hairstylists and my goal is to really help more hairstylists grow their business. So I know for a fact of like what my goal is in mind. So I do post a lot more personal photos versus just hair. So it's almost about every other, so about 50-50. Um, but for some people who are maybe trying to grow their clientele or grow an education, it might be different. Um, but I would say in your top nine photos, because that's usually the first thing that people see when they land on your page. It's kind of the first snapshot that they have of like when they land on your page. If they don't like what they see, they're not going to scroll down. They're not going to hit the follow button. Um, in those first nine photos, I would recommend having at least one photo of yourself or a personal photo. Now I know for a lot of you guys that probably sounds like a lot. Um, when I first started thinking about that, I was like, dang, that means every nine photos I gotta be posting something of myself. But it's their, your opportunity to capture somebody when they land on your page. They're like, oh, I already know what this person looks like. I might get an idea of their personality or a part of their lifestyle or something in those first nine photos. So yeah, that's what I would say. I'd also say Nikki brought up a really great point. You don't have to guess. You can look. It's your engagement around the photos, your views on videos. And that's not to say if engagement is low, that means you should abandon ship. But it's to be, you can you don't have to guess. You can actually speak in facts and decide, okay, here's where I am and here's where I want to go. So if I start to pepper in more content that looks like this and look at the engagement, you it takes out a lot of the guesswork for you and you well, can and build to the direction you want I to be. I think to that point too is it's gonna change. Like because right. you change and you evolve, your page needs to as well. So like now I have a whole group of moms that follow me. Obviously they didn't follow me before. So I'm speaking to a slightly different audience now and I love it, you know? So just knowing that change is going to happen and change is good and just adapt to it and kind of roll, roll with it. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. I think um, every nine photos, I mean, wow. <laughs> okay, that sounds it's like maybe a lot, but <laughs> go for the gold, right? But if you can't do that every nine, I, I, I like to say one, two, three swipes are out. Like that's the most that someone's probably going to get on your page. And that's all the time you have. So if you think about that, one, two, three swipes are out. Within those three swipes, try to curate whatever you're trying to communicate. You're trying to yeah. communicate. Any other questions? Yes. Hold on, hold on. I'm coming down. I'm going to give you the mic. Don't be nervous. What if you're looking to market a salon in general? So if, I understand as a stylist you have your personal page, but in a salon where there's so many different stylists and obviously you have your salon owner and different personalities within the salon, how would you, what are, you, what's, what are your suggestions for marketing the salon as a whole? Um, well, first and foremost for Nikki and I, we, we were very adamant about not just posting our work because as a salon owner, as you know, you need your staff to be able to grow and whatnot. So we were always looking for our um, stylists to post their, repost their work. And I think overall, it took a minute. I will say it took a minute. 
hey, get that fucking Red Bull out of the picture. We're not going to post that. Your hair's yeah. beautiful, but you got your, your Red Bull right there. That's not going to work out. So at really teaching them and coaching them on how to take a beautiful picture. Mm -hmm. So then we came up with a wall, right? The wall that... The gray wall. The gray wall that's fucking awesome. Um, it's outside in a shaded area, so you have no shadows. I mean, no shadows is so key for a beautiful photo. I'm sure a lot of you guys already know Natural that. Natural light. Natural light. Um, and consistency. Like, some of the girls, one of the girls started using colors, pinks and reds, and it didn't really flow with our Instagram flow. So we had to let her know, like, hey, this is how <clears throat> we want our page to look. So, you know, teaching them. You got you to teach them. But Just also getting, set yeah, them up for success. on the same page. And like Rihanna said, setting them up for success. We have, I would say, three different areas in our salon so that, you know, people get bored. They're like, I don't want to only post on the gray wall. I get it. Yeah. So there's three kind of different areas. And they know that if they want to get posted on the 901 Instagram, they kind of got to follow those guidelines and everyone's on board. They're into it. So just getting your team into it and excited about it so they want to do it. And also purchasing great lighting for inside when that client goes till 9, 30, 10 p.m. and you're so proud and the light's ugly outside. There's no light. So. Light, ugly, okay. dark, dark, black. Um, yeah, get, get, get some good lighting. Yes. One thing too I want to say, I don't own a huge salon with other stylists, but um, Pepper in some photos of the salon too. So again, not just having that page be just all hair photos because again, that can kind of get boring and like there's so many salons out there. You guys have a beautiful salon, but salons are just kind of have the white background, hair photo after hair photo after hair photo. Chances are people aren't really gonna connect with that and they're not really gonna follow because you look like every other page out there. So I recommend peppering in some photos of the salon, uh, maybe photos of your stylist working on a client, um, some behind the scenes kind of photos. And if that means you gotta bring in a photographer to get those photos, do it. Um, you know, this is like an investment in your business and I think pages like that are the ones that stand out to me. Um, product photos, like adding in some personality into the Instagram page so that it's not just all, you know, the boring hair photos again, you know. I also think these guys have done a really nice job creating a really beautiful environment that yeah. your clientele wants to post in. It feels like a badge to the client to say, I'm here. I'm in front of this wall that I've seen on Instagram. And I think that's a really great way to build your page is by creating a vehicle for content that your clientele can interact with as well. Because that's how you're going to then attract the followership of that customer and that next customer, et cetera. And I think you guys have just done a great Thank job you. with that. Thank you. Any other questions? Mm. Oh. oh, I have Donovan trying to get his mic working. Carlos, there we go. Oh, perfect. So um, for your outside staging area for pictures, what do you guys have? Like, do you, do you have like mobile backdrops or if you don't necessarily like have a pretty wall outside, what do you guys use? So our, we literally use the side of our building is the gray wall. <laughs> we like did not create that, it is what it is. But I do know others have actual backdrops that they'll like wheel out or whatever. So you kind of just gotta do what works as long as, you know, if you have that one place that's great for lighting, create what's mm -hmm. beautiful to yeah. make it work. So. Really look for the lighting first. Yeah. The lighting first and then figure out the backdrop after, yeah. I also think just as a customer, not as a salon owner, it's nice when it feels really authentic to the space. Mm -hmm. You know, so I've been in salons before where they're like, hey, would you wait here and let me go get all these props? And then you, as you might feel like a little awkward. I think what's nice mm -hmm. about that is just it's like genuinely mm -hmm. part of your space. Mm -hmm. It's an extension of the experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Any other questions? Yes. Hi. Um, how do you protect your brand name? Like with trademarking or copywriting? Because I am so confused about that. <laughs> Allie, you want to take that one? Well, you know, I, I will say from a communication standpoint, when you consistently build around your brand, then it's much more challenging for others to interact with it. It's like a game of double dutch, right? They're like, how do I jump into that? Because this, this salon, this uh, hairstylist, this brand, et cetera, is so consistently theirs that if I start to try to infringe upon it, it's going to feel like a foe. It's going to feel like the knockoff that, that it might be. So I think the most important thing from a communication standpoint, not from a legal standpoint, because that's not my expertise, but is to define your audience and to define your brand and be really repetitive with that so that it makes it more challenging for somebody else to jump in on it. And I think you should also, and I hate this because it sounds so trite, but you know, it's a sign you're doing it right if somebody else is trying to jump in on that game of double dutch too, right? Legally wise, I think LegalZoom.com, I think that's how we... Got ours, right? Yeah. <laughs> LegalZoom.com. I think so. I think you can do find everything on there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. LegalZoom is pretty good. It, it's definitely you know if you're on a budget, um, if you have something a little bit out of the ordinary, an intellectual property attorney. You know, it's it's just a boilerplate thing that they could help you with. You know, there's different uh, categorizations for products or a salon establishment or something else. So sometimes it can get a little bit complicated. What about logos? Do you suggest that an independent or not independent hairdresser create a logo? Mm. Yeah, it's fun. Why not? <laughs> I like them. Rihanna lo loves logos love and logos. fonts. Logos and fonts. I, I lose that battle every time. And, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, hoodie, and hoodies and, and logos on water bottles, everything. I love logos. Um, but I love the simplicity of a logo. When there's a logo that has too much action going on, it just steers me away as like trying too hard kind of thing. The simplicity of a logo, I really like. Yeah. Absolutely. Jamie, what do you think? I've always had a logo. Um, even when I was just like, I didn't even have a website, I don't think, at the time. I think I just had a logo and I would like, I don't know, post it on my Instagram. I don't even know what I do with it. But um, yeah, I, I always think that having a logo is great. But yeah, to your point, Keep it simple, um, keep it timeless, because so many times I see these logos that are super cute and trendy right now, but in a year, you're gonna be like, oh, that was from last year, you know? So lots of the script fonts and things like that are really cool, but eventually they'll kind of transition out, and I think with design, it's okay to rebrand, but you don't wanna be rebranding like every year, because you wanna maintain that consistency. Mm -hmm. um, and I've rebranded, we I'm sure all have, and changed our look around, but yeah, logos are fun, why not? So yeah. don't put Hello Kitty in your logo? Maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's your brand, I, it could be, who knows? Uh, Allie, what do you think? Yeah, I think that, to your point, the consistency is just so important, I cannot say that enough. So whether it's a logo, because it's an easy thing for your team to interact with, um, the same thing. I push my team to utilize the same font choices. To, you know, we have the same color palettes. Every season, we have a color palette guide that we ask our team to interact with for their sendouts, etc. And we all know managing a team sometimes that's easier to come by with the team than others. But I want anytime someone interacts with the Blari brand, they have the same experience, and so they start to get that energy. And so any choice I can make where I can show my team how to be consistent with that, whether that be a logo, a font, a color, an image, a filter, 
I think that's really important to define and proactively define. So your clients come in and they ask for a logo, and then you create that for them? Uh, now the type of clientele that we work with tends to have a lot of that pre-packed. But and one of the first things that we do is we identify three talking points with the brand. We do an analysis of all of their different collateral and we say, okay, what are the love words that we always want to make sure that we're talking about and utilizing when we speak on your brand? What are the images? What are the colors, et cetera? And those three talking points need to be included in every point of interaction that my team has on any marketing or media message because that consistency I cannot say it enough, especially if you think about the way people interact with media. To Rihanna's point, it's one, two, three swipes, you're out. I think that's a great point to say. If you're all over the show with those three swipes, no one knows then when they leave your page what you are about, unless they're like, oh, that's me, me again. Love it, follow it. It's a very, that consistency in there. If not, you confuse people. So where would somebody on a budget get help with a logo? Draw, you could, draw it yourself. That's what I did. I drew mine. Yeah, that's what I did. I drew ours. I love drawing things. What if you're horrible at drawing? Yeah. We'll draw the idea of, and then, of course, yes, a designer, an illustrator. I think a, a lot of times when everyone's like looking for a budget, go to schools, right? Go to a design school and say you're looking for a logo. I, I want to re retweak this is my idea and, and take it and run. But I think schools are the best way to go whenever you're looking for anything on a budget. There's always a diamond in the rough. I feel like I was one, you know? I gave a good haircut in beauty school, I think. For Rihanna and I, too, is like, we look to our family a lot, too, yeah. which is interesting yeah. because you're like, oh, you know? And as you're just talking to family members or friends, like, sometimes there's, oh, my friend can actually do that. And people want to help. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, 901, the brand, was built from everyone coming together and wanting to help her and I out. We didn't have an investor or someone that threw a bunch of money at us at all. And so, like, our interior designer was my client. He just donated his time, you know? Um, a lawyer. Our cousin, like, did our website. And, you know, so it's just asking for help. People want to do that for you. So don't be afraid to just ask for help. Yeah, ask your clients. Um, one resource that I love is creativemarket.com. Um, they've got logos on there that you can literally like input your stuff in. Etsy's also a really great place, but I love Creative Market because they have a lot of like template stuff and not I'm not a huge fan of templates, but in the beginning when you're getting going and you don't necessarily have the budget to spend on a whole creative team um, or a designer, um, they have like even social media templates. They have kind of stock photos on there. They have all the fonts you'd ever want. Um, and it's a little investment that you have to put in, but it's um, a really great resource, so creativemarket.com. And use your craft to trade, you guys. We still do that. Yeah. Hey, I'll give you haircuts or colors. Can yeah. you design this for me? People are down, so yeah. don't forget that. Yeah. Great advice. So we had a question uh, from our live audience, really good one. Jamie, you're talking about rebranding. Uh, this person was had a question regarding the look of their Instagram. If they're wanting to change the look of their Instagram, would these uh, would you recommend that we delete all of our previous photos or slowly transition to, into the new vibe? Yeah, so I get this question all the time. Um, do I just delete and start over and Hail Mary and just like throw it all away, or what do I do? So I never recommend deleting and just starting over. Um, totally up to you, of course, but I like to see it as a journey. 
journey, right? And I think of it as like it should be progress over perfection. And so as we grow and as we continue to change, it's okay to have that journey. And I actually like to go back through and scroll down and see some of my like older stuff that I wouldn't necessarily post today. But it's cool to see that growth and it's cool to see where my brand, maybe the different phases that it went through. So my suggestion is, is once you've kind of like nailed down your brand or you're wanting to transition that way, um, gather your photos, gather your stuff, and just start posting. And you might need to go through some of your old stuff and maybe archive a few photos. That's totally fine. Maybe like a Halloween post, you know, that's like a jack-o'-lantern that says happy Halloween. You could probably delete that, you know. Um, or, you know, maybe a sale that you had that was like, get a free haircut. Like maybe archive that if it's old. Um, things that maybe really don't fit your brand. But for the things that are like just, eh, Keep those up because it's really cool to go back through and I think see your journey and then just go from there and really start just uh, continuing to post and really building up that brand. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow, thanks. Any other questions? Don't be shy, right here. I like being down here, by the way. I feel like Oprah, I can walk around. <laughs> Hi, my question is for any of you. I have a really difficult time organizing my time. Mm. I feel like I'm constantly, I call it running uphill on a treadmill on 12. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to, you know, being consistent and doing the Instagram post, it's like the end of my day at midnight, I'm laying in bed, I'm like, shit, I didn't do this yet. And then I'm just struggling trying to do it and find a photo and see what my team put up and did they put anything up and digging on their stuff. And like, how, how do I do it? and not die <laughs> trying. So I would like to speak on this really quickly. So since being a new mom, I'm like, whoa, right? I got a lot added onto my plate, and I'm like, how am I going to do this? So what I'm doing right now, because Parker's so young, and I want to give 100% to her when I'm home, I don't want to be on my phone. Any like work stuff, I just have someone do that for me, personal things I post. So simply find someone, a millennial, mm -hmm. that wants their hair done or whatever that can put up your work images for you until you can find a better rhythm. Because I think at the end of the day, it's better if we post ourselves because it it's more authentic. But if you don't have the time, you don't have the time and it shouldn't feel icky or, or frustrating. So that's what I'm doing until I can figure out how I can do this better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's a great point. That's the best part about building a team is then you have people who have all different strengths. There are some people on my team, I don't post on Bellari's Instagram. It's somebody else and he is so talented at it and he loves it. And so we've let him own that and it's really a passion point. So I think you want it to feel authentic to your brand voice. And so your brand voice might be someone else on your team who's really passionate about that and they eat, sleep and live in that you know nine image grid. Yeah. The other thing is that, you know, I often will say to people too, define who you want your customer to be and maybe him or maybe he or she is on Instagram, maybe he or she is not on Instagram as well. It's defining who your customer is and how do you repetitively speak to them in the platform that they are in. 
So a lot of times when I meet people or meet brands, they'll say, well, we've got to figure this out for Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. Like define which social platform is really where your customer is. Maybe they even aren't on social. And that's where I dedicate my resources. Because as an entrepreneur, your number one thing is your time. So I'm really shrewd with mine on, okay, is this moving the needle forward for my business? Yes or no? And then being really thoughtful about that. I try to do whenever my client's processing to try to at least start, curate it, save it later. And then a lot of times I'll pull up in the driveway and before going inside, stay in the driveway and fucking do it. Even if I save it for the first thing tomorrow morning so I can go home and enjoy my new fiance. And one thing, I am a huge fan of outsourcing. I have um, a virtual assistant who actually like lives on the road and travels around the country, so I do utilize her. Um, but for those of you guys that maybe don't have the resources yet or the budget to hire somebody, even though I think it's awesome, um, there are tools out there that you can use. I use Plan, um, P-L-A-N-N. Planly is another one. UNUB, um, and basically what they do is they help you organize your grid and you can actually plan out your posts ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So one thing that's been really helpful for me is I will kind of plan out where I want my feed to go, maybe the next like four or five posts, I'll edit them, I'll get them ready to go. And then you can actually type out your caption in there, so it really helps you save a lot of time within that, so you're not having to do it in the moment all the time. And if you're batching your work, doing it all, like maybe let's say you take an hour on Monday and you're sitting down in your like office hours and you plan out your next like week of posts and then all you have to do is cap, you know, copy that caption, post it on Tuesday, post it on Wednesday. So that'll save you a lot of time because you're batching it all at once versus trying to do it randomly throughout the day, throughout the week. Um, or even the draft feature on Instagram is awesome. I literally used that last night. I typed out a post because I knew I wanted to post it this morning, but I was getting up early and I didn't have time to do it. So the draft feature is great. So those are just tools that you can utilize for maybe some of you that aren't really quite in a place to hire somebody yet. Or trade. But, trade. Yeah. Or trade. Or trade. Trade, yeah. trade away. Sure. Trade. <laughs> yeah. Any other questions? Right here. Mary from Denver. Hi. Um, can you talk a little bit more about finding your audience, like what platforms they're on? What platforms? Yeah. Like how, like to, find how to find, yeah, how to find where your audience is so that you can kind of tailor your content to them. Because we're talking a lot about Instagram, but like, yeah. what about Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. So what I would do is I would take some analysis of who your current customer base is, and of your current customer base, what type, what in that bell curve of, of people, what you want to further attract, and then take a good demographic swat of that, and with that, whether it's age, how often they come in, how they were referred to your salon, et cetera. Then from there, I would start to build that matrix of then, okay, what is the what are the best ways to communicate with that type of person I want to continue to attract? Because you can't be all things to all people. So defining, okay, these are the kind of people that I want to speak to and I want to respe- repetitively speak to them. I think the best place to start is from your current customer base. And within that, in that set, who do I want to keep attracting more people like attracts like and how do I get in front of those people that's how I would do it yeah I would say that probably Facebook I mean you can kind of guess right you can understand that like Millennials are on Instagram, um, but you know there are people that are like in their 30s to 40s that are hopping on Instagram and kind of you know hanging out there. But usually Instagram is going to be the younger generation, um, you know, 
typically the little older generation is going to be on Facebook anywhere from like 30 to 50. And then I have actually been diving into YouTube um, because I'm building my educational platform. A lot of hairstylists are on Instagram. So I've kind of like not even just taken the age type of thing, but understanding like who my audience is, where they're trying to um, engage with content and what they want to learn. Um, so YouTube's been something that I've dive, diving into, um, but Pinterest could be it. But I guess, yeah, like what to her point for sure, kind of just maybe ask some of your clients, like, hey, what, what do you spend the most time on? I started asking my clients that, like my younger clients, like, are you guys on Snapchat or are you guys doing Instagram stories? Or what are you guys doing? What's and the answer? It was, it was kind of split, okay. but a lot of Snapchat back then. This was, this was like a year okay. ago. Okay, yeah. But now it's like more Instagram. But you know, so I would just ask your clients and say like, hey, you know, or maybe one of your dream clients, like you know that client that you absolutely love, like find out what they're doing. Like where do you spend your time? Do you go on Facebook? Their answer might be no, but their answer might be like, yeah, I'm on Facebook more than I am on Instagram. So I would just pull your current clients that you have, the ones that you love, you know? We got a question right over here. Donovan, you want to hit him? <laughs> Hello, ladies. Hi. Stephanie from Chicago. Uh, just piggybacking up uh, on that question about platforms, there is also a group that does not use social media. How do you... Who is that? <laughs> Show them. <laughs> They're all in my Aww. salon. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> a lot of boomers and uh, Gen Xers, some of them, you know, the busy moms, uh, they don't always have time to, to do the uh, social media piece, which we do, but then I know that there's a piece uh, of uh, clients who are very, uh, have a lot of disposable income who don't jump on social media that we would like to be able yeah. to reach. I guess through email is the only other route I could think of going. How do you manage uh, content for doing those kinds of things? Really good question. Well, I would say I think that goes back to, to your question a moment ago, is identifying who your customer is and where he or she operates and lives and gets their information. So we've worked with salons and spaces before that were really targeting that audience. And we think about different things and different activations that might attract them, whether that's a partnership with a uh, fashion retailer that you know you share a lot of cross-section of audience or some sort of added value that speaks to them on their social level that may or may not be, it might be more digital, it might be a physical activation that you optimize digitally, but you're really focusing physically on the people that you want to have in the salon. And you know that audience expansion by thinking about what are other like-minded businesses in your area that share that clientele where you can cross-swap email lists or you can cross-swap activations in your physical spaces. I think that's a really great way to speak to that audience in the mechanism in which they're operating, which is, you know, may or may not be on Instagram or Facebook. And for the record, sorry, sorry really quick, you guys. Uh, my grandma's 80 years old and she is on Instagram and she likes grandma Donna. a lot of your photos and yeah. you don't know that yeah. it's her so don't assume that they're not on Instagram that's how she knows oh you're in New York now I'm all yeah how do you what oh she's on Instagram yeah, following along so just keep that in mind <laughs> I think um, the most important thing for 
you to be able to showcase your work is having somewhere to do that. And right now in this day and age, it happens to be Instagram. And it doesn't matter how many followers you have, it's just about how you're curating your page to say, hey, this is what I do. Do you like it? Do you want to come see me? So even if you did meet somebody out at the country club who doesn't happen to have Instagram, I'm sure their kids do, or you can like pull up and show what you can do. Do you know what I mean? So it's not, followers, you guys, fuck the followers. Fuck the followers, I'm serious. It's not about the followers. The followers don't get you paid. Clients in your chair get you paid, right? So as long as you're creating your page to be this is what I do, this is what I have to offer, this is the day and age that we're in. People wanna see what they're gonna get before they step into it. Back in the day, you'd say, hey, where'd you get your hair done? Come to my friend, right? And they're either gonna do that, look at you, be like, I love your hair, like, where do you go? Or they wanna see it, they need to see it. Okay, one follow-up question. Okay. <laughs> quickly, please. Okay, follow quickly, follow-up question is, just like you said, MySpace, where is it? How do we, as uh, content providers, uh, provide a way for ourselves to actually own the content and not have to worry about, you know, whether Instagram is going to be here today or tomorrow, Facebook is going to be here today or tomorrow? Well, I think kind of what you were saying is you're building a brand, right? And no matter what the next platform is, whether that's, you know, who knows what it's going to be, you're building a brand. And hopefully, you're building an audience with that brand. And hopefully, as the next platform, you jump on it or just things evolve, your audience will continue to follow you because you have a supportive and you have a strong brand, right? Um, I think that's one of the biggest things with us was we start to freak out that like, oh, Instagram's gonna go away or Facebook's gonna go away or Snapchat's gonna go away or whatever. I mean, I was on Periscope. I thought a pretty decent audience on Periscope. It's gone, okay? <laughs> but my audience stayed with me and I did Facebook Lives and then Instagram came out with Instagram Lives and so I still was able to bring that audience with me and I think it was because I cultivated an audience, had a strong brand, and no matter where you go, um, hopefully they stay with you. And if you have a strong enough brand, a strong enough audience, they will. So hopefully you guys got a lot of really good information here. We don't have any more time, unfortunately. However, if you do have questions, you can DM any of us, ask those questions, and we can continue the conversation on social media. So thank you so much, panel, for coming. And thank you, Modern Salon, for taking a chance on doing this event first. Let me know if you have any questions about personal branding. DM me at 4EricTaylor on Instagram. That's the number 4EricTaylor. If you want to ask any of the other guests, feel free to DM them as well. Otherwise, I hope you're more confident on how to brand yourself to your clients and your potential clients. Hit me up with a rating or review on the Apple Podcast app and let me know that you're out there. I read every single one. And the biggest compliment you could give me is to tell another hairdresser about the hair game. Next week will be Tatum Neal from Elevate Hair. Until then, have a great week.